Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. This is the CHGO White Sox podcast. Welcome into our CHGO studios. This is Studio A in our West Loop studios. Excited. I think I said studios 10 times there. Excited to bring you another episode of the CHGO White Sox podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. It is guest week. We will get to our guest in just a moment. But first, we got to introduce our co-host, Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. And he's not the man in the middle today. Uh, we, we, we are missing Vinny Duber. He's out in Arizona. We'll introduce him in just a second. You can follow Vinny on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's out in Arizona meeting all the guys, seeing some familiar faces, seeing some new faces. And we'll talk to him in just a bit about that. We'll go to day two spring training storylines of Vinny. We will go to Sean Mania trades. That's the uh, title of this episode. We'll talk about if the White Sox and A's can work a deal out for their lefty. And we'll go see if we can pick some bones from the Reds who are selling off some pieces. You can follow CHGO White Sox on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox and CHGO Sports on Twitter at CHGO underscore Sports. Herb, it's Hello. time to... Hello. How you doing? How are you doing? Uh, fine. Loving the hat. Loving the American uh, uh, Giants hat, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, loving the hat that you're rocking. Got to introduce our guest. Yesterday we had Buzz from Ontap Sports, and now the man in the middle rocking the 83 batting practice jersey, Nick Morowski of the Good Guys Talk Back podcast. How are you, buddy? I am doing great. Thank you, Sean, Herb, Vinny. Uh, it is a real treat. Thank you so much. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB, something that we started on the Bets podcast. I say underscore a lot when I'm going through all of our Twitter accounts. I mean, we do have them. Otherwise, people would be lost. <laughs> Just putting up CHEO White Sox won't work. Yeah. Put the underscore in between the words. And Nick, you know, fitting the vibe of having an underscore in his Twitter handle as well. We'll get to know uh, Nick in, in just a few moments. We'll get to learn what he's all about. Then we'll go out to spring training and talk to Vinny. But the most important thing, I think, what, what's up? 
Oh, oh, oh look, you you, you flashed your hand. So oh, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm reading. I'm, I'm starting to learn it's her. Like the thing, this like, seems like you know, I got a question. What do I do with my hands? It's like ugh. Shake and bake, Ricky Bobby style. Like. I'm like that uh, inflatable guy. <laughs> Wacky waving inflatable tube man. Wacky Don't waving inflatable tube man. And that is Lawrence. You can hear him. Yes. Lawrence, our uh, producer. Check, check, check. How you guys doing? Good. I, I, I don't know who you're checking to. I think the only person that can hear you is you and your headphones. Oh, right? we can yeah. hear. They can hear. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just <laughs> telling, you know, I'm telling Fred out there Hi, in, Fred. Uh, in the, in the uh, YouTube chat. Yeah, Fred's up in the chat. What's up, y'all? He said, I would t- trade cr- uh, crochet for Manaya. Uh, we'll get to that in just a bit, Fred. Uh, so, But I don't know if I'd, I'd trade crochet. Your hands are still yet. up, though. Let's go and learn about our guest, Nick Mar- of the Good Guys Talk Back podcast. Nick, we'll start off right there. Good Guys Talk Back. Why don't you explain what you do? What's the podcast? How can we find you? What's the story? Yeah, uh, podcast has been going on. Uh, this is the fourth season. Um, had, have had the pleasure of having Herb and, and you on. Uh, very fan-centric uh, podcast. A buddy of mine that I've known for over 20 years, Pat Hester. Uh, we, we went through broadcasting school together. Diehard Sox fans. Uh, started it in the during the winter meetings of 2018 when we were supposed to get uh, Harper and Machado, <laughs> and we ended up getting Yonder Alonso and John Jay. So the the podcast was really built just in pure anger, uh, but there was a lot of you know passion. It was basically my wife saying, "You got to do something productive." <laughs> I can't hear any more about what is going on with the White Sox, why, you you know, why things went horribly wrong this winter meetings. You've ha- got to do something productive. So therapeutic, really. It, it started, and it's uh, twice a week during the season, about once a week during the off season, And, you know, we'll have some guests on, other folks that do amazing content and work for the White Sox. And then Pat and I just, you know, talking passionately about the team we love. I mean, I'm a season ticket holder. Uh, we watch the games. Um, we really get down to just kind of a very fan-centric, blue-collar conversations. Of course, you know, we get into the numbers and the, you know, the metrics, uh, very important. But, you know, sometimes it's just a flat-out, like, you know, Herb was mentioned in a previous episode, you know, Crochet gives up uh, four hits, for example, against Pittsburgh. But in the box scores, it looks like they might have been, you know, off the wall in line drives. But really, if you watch the game, it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, getting into those kind of semantics. But you can find the podcast everywhere. Uh, you know, we're on Twitter as well, at GoodGuysTB. And, um, you know, it's really just a labor of love. And I have been on the show, as you mentioned. And one thing I noticed, like, you guys – have insightful questions it's just not the same old same old like you went to broadcasting school what do you think your interview style comes from why do you think you guys have such a a good vibe you and pat i know you're big good friends but it feels like whenever i go on to your podcast i know i'm going to be asked a question that i've never even thought about before you know, I grew up listening to, you know, I was a big Kevin Matthews, Steve Dahl, Brandmeier, the guys that you would listen to if you were a fan of Chicago radio. And they were nuts, but they asked great questions. They had a conversational style when they did have guests on. And, you know, I do, I do love talk radio to begin with. So that's something that I've always grown up listening to. I was a fan of the sports reporters. Herb, you remember this I show? I do remember that, yes. Uh, on Sports Channel, maybe? Sports Vision? Sports Vision. Uh, okay. Like Rick oh, Tellender yeah. is like yeah. the youngest of the ones. You're making Sean Bill feel Joust really young and right these now. guys just yelling at each other. But also, they respected <laughs> each other's viewpoint and their knowledge. And I, that stuff has just been you know, ingrained in me. 
Well, and that's my favorite thing too, is uh, my favorite part of the show is making me feel old. So, you know, at least I know those names, at least working yeah. in radio, I know every name that was dropped. So, uh, you know, shout out to that. But I do like the sports reporter vibe. I, I remember the ESPN sports reporter uh, vibe. I always love that. I just like people talking sports. Uh, and I think that you and Pat do a great job. Your interviews are great. But even right after you guys are done with the interviews, you and Pat then talk for another 40 minutes. Uh, my favorite part in the way that you've described this to me is how you watch White Sox games, how you take in White Sox games. What's a what's a White Sox game like in a Murawski household? Um, it's a, it could be a problem if you're in, you know, if you're in an audible area of me, you know, I, to a fault, I'm, I live with every pitch and I will be <laughs> texting Pat or calling him in April. Friend, I don't know how this year is going to go, but, you know, I'm starting to decrease my sodium starting tomorrow because I'm already <laughs> worried health health wise. And he talks me down, you know, hey, it's a marathon, but I I can't let those losses just sit in April. I'm living on every same. I mean, they do. They absolutely do. And I'm living on every pitch uh, ups and downs. So. We're a couple weeks away from from the roller coaster, you know. And if you, you know, Sean, you might be getting some crazy messages from me, just like, can you believe <laughs> this move, this change? You know, I can't believe that call was made. Uh, it, it's there's no li- any little thing I will jump on uh, the highs and lows. I love it. I absolutely love it. So let's find out how that became. Like, yeah. how did you become a White Sox fan? Like. How did you become a guy that's living on every White Sox pitch, which is almost ridiculous to me because they've been pretty bad our yeah. whole <laughs> lifetime, you know, sans yeah. a couple of years. Well, I'm, I'm multi-generational. I'm a third-generational Sox fan. My parents grew up in the South Chicago neighborhood, and uh, I grew up in the in the Southwest suburbs, Orland Park, and then, and then Lockport eventually, but... I mean, you know, it was there wasn't even a question. You know, uh, I was going to be a Sox fan. I was going to be a, a diehard Sox fan. You know, you're dressed in the Sox gear. You're taking the games, and Sox were on. You know, in the summer, I you know I grew up Hawk and Wimpy. Mm-hmm. They were the soundtrack, and then Rooney and Farmio uh, in the car and the radio as we were running errands or going visiting our relatives and. Uh, you know, my dad would talk about it in the morning over breakfast, you know, reading, you know, box scores. And, you know, you, we would maybe not make all the game or we'd be out playing or trading baseball cards or something. And he would kind of fill us in. Uh, and my mom was just as into it. I mean, she grew up a huge Sox fan as well. Parents were Sox fans. So, um, you know, when you're a kid, it's like you almost don't have a choice. But then when you get to a certain age, you really decide I'm going to adopt this team I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to get to know this team I'm going to really start learning about you know some of my favorite players growing up Fisk Ventura Gian mm-hmm. Black Jack um, those guys you know I think if you Ron Karkavice Karkavice <laughs> the, the officer of course Lance yeah. Johnson one dog one dog and I was a catcher in Little League so those guys really stood out um, so it was just, it's been a lifelong thing. And then, and then you, you know, I met Pat in, in college and found out, you know, immediately in our first broadcasting class, like he had a couple brothers from, you know, the Southwest Burbs, but he was a huge Sox fan and we just hit it off. And it, you, you just start surrounding yourself with people that, you know, you want to rub shoulders with kind of like-minded people sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, sometimes it's tough because Sox fans in general, there aren't as many of us in certain pockets, but when you find Sox fans that you can relate to, 
man, it spreads and the passion just goes like fire. Yeah, you and Pat are Sox fans that I can relate to. It's one of my favorite podcasts. So make sure to check out the Good Guys Talk Back podcast. Nick and Pat do a fantastic job. And I think Pat would love to be here, but he's got four kids. You're yeah. you're 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 preparing to yes. be a dad. So you got yeah. you got some time here. Uh, you mentioned some guys before we go out to Vinny. Uh, give us your favorite former sock and favorite current sock. Favorite former uh, sack, Paul Canerico. Um, it, it changed, but I settled on Paul Canerico. Um, you know, I, I was having a conversation with you, I think, at, at one point. Um, just I, when he came on the scene, that was maybe I was late high school, early college, and I don't know. I just loved the way he played. Uh, very soft spoken, and he started to put up some great numbers, and just never got the recognition I just don't think you know is a lot of White Sox you know there's others in the league that you know will get the votes in the all-star game will get the notoriety um, but it was Canerco and uh, I so excited during that 05 run and especially the World Series and and then what he did to come back in 2006 when I think he had better offers maybe Baltimore maybe Anaheim offered him a little bit more when I got the news that he was coming back in 2006, I mean, that was that was amazing. So he, you know, Canerco, uh, former uh, favorite former, but current, it's it's Jose Abreu. So not too shocking, uh, you know, Abreu kind of took over for Canerco in his last few years. Um, I, I, you know, Abreu's number is going to get retired. They're going to build a statue. This guy, um, you know, I know not everybody gets into the retired number stuff, but I, I think it's, it's, it's so meaningful from a fan base uh, that you did so much for this organization, for this franchise, that we want to put you up there uh, in the rafters, around the ring, whatever you want to call it, and then put a statue out on the concourse. For me, it's, it's Abreu right now. Yeah, and I think it was super cool, too, when the Sox had all those retired jerseys out in the outfield uh, wall, too. Like, yeah. that was so unique, and I, I missed that as well uh, as a Sox fan. But it was nice to relive that history, uh, and, and it's nice to get to know you, Nick. And, and now, you know, fans of ours get to know you, and we look at the table. You mentioned Jose Bray. He's your favorite current player. He's on the table. We also see our cactus, which reminds me of our own cactus, our guy, Vinny Duber, uh, out in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to do all these, like, you know, nice transitions. Uh, <laughs> hi, Vinny. Uh, Vinny's out in Arizona. It's day two of spring training. And the big thing before we get into Vinny about spring training, how Arizona's been, it looks sunny and beautiful. I'm jealous, Vinny. Uh, it's the mustache match of the minute. You got Nick Morowski versus Vinny Duber. This was half the reason we invited Nick in was just to have a poll on Twitter. You can go vote on Twitter right now at CHGO underscore White Sox. Vinny, you're in the lead, 63% to 37%. How you doing, mustache? I'm doing all right, fellas. Uh, I th I'll tell you this. I, why is it versus? I, I think we got a nice <laughs> little mustache club brewing. I'm glad that finally, you know, now we're even here. Two mustaches to two beards, you know, on the, on the podcast today. And, boy, if we bring Dylan Cease in, we're going to have you guys outnumbered. So that's perfect. Yeah, we'll need to bring Buzz back to have three beards versus three mustaches. Uh I, I, I don't want to, yeah, and that's fair. You know, we don't need to pit these two against each other. But if I'm looking for mustache tips here, uh, I, I know Nick mentioned it's like a bonsai tree. Uh, he's, he's told me that before. Uh, would you would you have similar, uh, at least, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, advice there? Is it like a bonsai tree with that mustache, Ben? Kind of. You know, I do do the whole daily, you know, clipping the little bit of the ends, you know, and, and I just got an electric trimmer and I do it kind of I don't use the comb on the end I go freestyle 
with the electric trimmer and my fiance looks on in terror whenever I do that because she thinks I'm going to saw the thing right off my face. But so far, so good. Uh, I think I've got it down to a science. You stick to the edges and you can only do so much damage. What you think about that, Nick? He, he's right. I, I don't use the attachment, uh, the comb. So it's very, you, you've got to have a steady hand. You don't do it after any caffeine, that's for sure. You've <laughs> got to be very, very meticulous and, uh, you know, a little bit of trimming up here and there daily. You'll see a few stray hairs, you know, in the corner of your mouth, but uh, you got to have the right to comb. A little bit of, uh, you know, beard oil, a little bit of like mustache beard oil on there, condition. Uh, but it's there for me. It's kind of therapeutic, you know. Like that's that's where the bonsai tree comes from. It's Labor kind of, of love. Yeah, it, it really is. It absolutely. So and Vinny, Vinny's he's kind of mainstreamed it. He he brought the, he unleashed that, and uh, it's he he kind of opened the door. It for, spreads. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Vinny. And now we, we see it spreading to the actual uh, 40-man roster with Dylan Cease. Let's get into some of these spring training storylines outside of facial hair. Uh, I, I want to ask you about Michael Kopech. You had a great article on allchgo.com and some interesting Larusa quotes on Kopech. Uh, you uh, he, you uh, wrote down or he wrote down this quote. Uh, he had this quote um, saying that Kopech has this admiral perfectionist thing about him. Uh, could you explain where that came from? About uh, where. Michael Kopech might be a perfectionist in Tony LaRusso's eyes. Well, sure. I mean, here's the thing. We're, we're, we're watching the bullpen and Michael Kopech is very clearly not happy with, with many of the uh, pitches that he's throwing. You know I mean? I think Sox fans have gotten used to seeing that from Liam Hendricks. When you see a pitch that, uh, you know, Liam's not happy with, he's going to let you know. Kopech was doing a little bit of the same thing, not quite as loudly, uh, of course, but, uh, you know, he was doing a little bit of the same thing. And so when you talk to Tony to sum up the bullpen session, you know, he's going to bring it up. And I think the point he was making was even though the pitches weren't what Michael wanted, they, he was still looking good. Michael's trying to be a perfectionist. Michael wants everything to go right down the middle or right where he's trying to put it, I should say. Uh, and so, you know, hence the frustration that was visible and audible from Kopech on the mound yesterday. But I think the best news for White Sox fans who were worried after, you know, conversations with both Tony and Rick earlier in the week about how Kopech, you know, dealt with that illness at the beginning of the year and is behind schedule right now. Everybody's saying that Michael Kopech is healthy right now. You do not need to worry. Michael Kopech is healthy right now. He's just not worked up maybe to the point where he would have liked to be at the, had he not had that illness at the beginning of the season, uh, at the beginning of the calendar year. And so uh, that is why he's behind schedule, but he is not, uh, you know, dealing with anything currently. And speaking of Michael Kopech, the White Sox tweeted out a picture of him and this beast right next to him. And it happened to be Lucas Giolito, like, did he explain to you guys why he gained 20 pounds of muscle and how he did it? Lucas is huge, guys. He's huge. <laughs> and so, uh, but no, it's, uh, he, he, he went, he worked in the offseason. He wanted to uh, put on more muscle. He wanted to bulk up, to use his terms. Um, it, it comes down to, I think, uh, him being a little frustrated the past couple of years with some of the, you know, relatively minor injuries that he's dealt with. Just a couple, you know, what we would consider normal trips to the injured list. He didn't like them. He wants to go and make every single start. He wants to throw 200 innings. And so, you know, you, you look at what he did, and I think it has a lot to do with him trying to uh, avoid that kind of thing in the future. He wants to go ahead and give himself a good base uh, of, of leg muscle uh, to go ahead and make sure that he is strong deep into the season, deep into games, so that he doesn't have to deal with that unavailability. 
Uh, Vinny, uh, speaking of like conditioning and bulking up, uh, you know, Lance Lynn made a comment, I believe it was yesterday, that he doesn't really believe in conditioning too much. Uh, what were what was kind of like the thought behind that? And um, I guess like what what kind of off season program does he follow? <laughs> Chicken and beer. <laughs> Lance Lynn's a funny guy, guys. Lance Lynn's a funny guy. So you got to remember that he's uh, always trying to sneak in a joke or two into every single one of his media sessions. Uh, and that dry sense of humor that he has sometimes ends up coming off as, is he being serious? So uh, you got to take that with a grain of salt, obviously. But I think what it comes down to is Lance Lynn is very much uh, going through everything he needs to go through in order to effectively do his job the way he needs to do it. That job does not entail a lot of running, especially when you're an American League pitcher or, I mean, now a pitcher in any league, but, uh, you know, when you were an American League pitcher. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, listen, listen, you can look at Lance Lynn. You know what Lance Lynn looks like. Uh, it, it helps him pitch. It doesn't help him run, but he doesn't need to run. And so he was joking, joking around saying, you know, he's not big on conditioning. When, this, when the game involves him having to run to get guys out, then he's going to retire. But uh, right now, uh, you know, he's, 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 being, he's being a little bit facetious. He's also being very effective on the mound, and he is doing all of the physical work that is necessary for him to do his job the way he needs to do it. And it's important to do your job the way uh, you, you want to do it. And the only way we could do our job right now is through the support of PointsBet. And you could support CHGO by downloading the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker. All for making a first-time $50 deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. It is your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better, introducing PointsBet's new feature, live college same-game parlays. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live same-game parlay only with PointsBet. And the cool thing, too, you can even boost your odds on PointsBet. You get one a day. And now online signup is even easier in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. Plus, during PointsBet Match Madness, all users can earn up to $100 in free bets. During each round, just place a $50 pregame wager and get a free $20 live bet to be used for that round. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And we have to mention our new friends over at Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product that I use literally Every day, I started taking AG1 because my stomach's a little bubbly. You know, I, I, I don't really love, you know, yeah, it's, it's, I need some mellowing out. And AG does that, giving me my vitamins, giving me my pills, a supplement that tastes great. And the part of the tasting great, it's tropically, it's nice, it doesn't taste like vegetables. It is a delicious scoop, and you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source foods whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right the special blends of ingredients support your gut health your nervous system your immune system your energy recovery focus and aging and i just started my first ever full-time job and ag1 has helped me do all of those things it has been very very important for me getting on the right schedule the right track and ag1 has helped me do that every single day to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and 
five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash CHGO socks. That is CHGO socks. Again, that is athleticgreens slash CHGO socks to take ownership of your health and pick the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. So shout out to Athletic Greens for becoming a sponsor of CHGO. We wouldn't be able to do any of this if it wasn't for PointsBet and Athletic Greens. So thank you to their support. Vinny, long, wrong read there. Let me catch my breath. Uh, you met new White Sox today, Josh Harrison. Why don't you talk about what it was like to meet Josh Harrison? We have an audio clip once you're, uh, you're, once you're done. Yeah, I think Sox fans are going to like this guy. Uh, you know, th- there's really no doubt at all that he is going to fit in. I think that's kind of the idea with signing a guy like this, a guy that has this reputation, is that he has fit in everywhere. He is going to fit in in this clubhouse very well. We already saw him laughing around with Tim Anderson and Jose Abreu the second they came out the back door and uh, to go to the fields. We heard him joking around all day. I think I heard him and Danny Mendick uh, talking to each other, meeting each other for the first time, really, when they were playing catch. And Danny Mendick reminded him of, you know, some random in-game conversation they had at second base where he told them, yeah, we talked for a bit, and I felt like I knew your whole life story. So in terms of personality, <laughs> this guy was a uh, huge pickup for the White Sox. The question, of course, will be the production and you know, White Sox fans obviously want that first and foremost. We talked just yesterday. Is he the answer at second base? Certainly seems like that's the way the White Sox are going to go. Uh, Rick Hahn was asked, you know, are you done addressing second base after getting Josh Harrison? And he said, you know, if any other moves are to come, they're probably going to be addressing other positions. So it certainly seems like Josh Harrison is here to be the everyday second baseman or at least be in some sort of, uh, you know, mix with other guys, Larry Garcia notably. But um, in terms of what this guy's going to mean to the clubhouse, two thumbs way, way up, and we'll see if that above-average bat that he's had the last few years can continue. He's very excited about what he can do defensively on the infield with Tim Anderson, Yohan Moncada, and Jose Abreu. So that, as the White Sox have been looking to improve their defense ever since the end of that short postseason appearance they had, that should be a big plus on the Harrison front. And let's go to Josh Harrison now. The question was, what's the expectation? Are you expecting to start at second base? Expectations come in, help this ball club win games. If that's the second base, which is what I'm ready to do now, uh, it'll be second base. But we can sit here and say we expect certain things, but baseball will throw a monkey wrench in a lot of things. You can't, I mean, look at last year, they had a lot of injuries. So I know right now I could be playing second base. Fourth inning of a game could cause me to have to bounce around for that day. So I'm always ready to play second, but uh, I got my other gloves because, as I said, I've been other places where I've had to bounce around depending on the makeup of a team or injuries or, you know, matchups. So I'm ready to play second, but at the same time, I know I might be called on something else. It's about winning games. When you're on the outside, when you see the, the, what this team is capable of and, and now becoming a part of it, what, what do you kind of see from, from both the outside and the inside of, of what they can do? Um, obviously, been on the outside, you plan against great competition, you know, teams that win. Um, they went to the playoffs the past two years. For me, it's been seven years since I've been to the playoffs. So joining a team that's already been to the playoffs, granted, this year has nothing to do with the previous two years, but I know what I bring to the table and I know I'm a player that when I'm out there, I'm going to help this team get to that next level as far as all of us collectively. And not saying that I'm the missing piece or whatever because they all had injuries last year. But I feel me coming in on top of them being healthy, I'm going to give them what I got. That's Josh Harrison, the new White Sox second baseman. Nick, we'll go to you first. He mentions in there he hasn't been on a playoff team since 2015, seven years ago since he was on a winning team. 
What do you think Josh Harrison brings to this team? Do you like Josh Harrison? What's the vibe? Because apparently Vinny's liking the vibe, at least, of Josh Harrison. Well, I think the vibe is important for sure. Um, And playoff experience, or at least the hunger for playoff experience, I think there's something to be said that from an individual standpoint of uh, a guy that, you know, wants to get there, wants to chase a ring, sees what this team has got talent-wise, infield depth is is so important. Um, My question is, you know, what does this do for guys like Berger? You know, where are they going to get uh, opportunities? And is this going to be a platoon or is this going to be, you know, an anointing of a starting second baseman? And those are things that might get shaken out, you know, during spring training. But, um, you know, it didn't get me extremely excited when the signing happened. It wasn't the bombshell second baseman we were looking for. Uh, but you can't, you, you know, you can't say anything against the the veteran experience, the presence, and, you know, who knows? He, com- he comes in and he just impresses in spring training, and maybe he is the guy. Uh, you know, maybe he is the guy to start the season. I, you know, I'm fine with the, the deal. He's a good middle infielder. He's probably more gloved than bat at this point. You don't need a lot more um, bats, but you need one more. So that's where I'm at. It's not about Josh Harrison necessarily. It's about hey, we still have holes other, where, other places. So, you know, I think I'm unfairly putting my um, disappointment onto Josh Harrison and Vince Velasquez, those uh, acquisitions. But at the end of the year, 270, 326, you know, you know 400. He's going to be fine. His glove is going to be fine. It's just not like a blow-your-socks-off type of move that you – get excited about but you know hearing from him and what the testimony from Vinny the clubhouse is a very valuable important place so if he brings extra oomph via that it could be a thing where we're like man I didn't think about Josh Harrison at the beginning of the year but at the end of the year we're like man Josh Harrison was the key piece for a AL Central Championship or a AL uh, run yeah something he's shown at least is he has. He can go through a season. He knows how to get prepared. He knows how to get himself ready. He knows what it takes to go 162. And when he does that, when he goes 162, when he is healthy, he usually performs at an above-average level. So you are getting an above-average second baseman, uh, which is, I think, what most Sox fans wanted. I think once you see Josh Harrison play, once you see him perform, I think that Sox fans at least will calm down a little bit because I think it won't be too noticeable uh, because, you know, Leary was pretty hidden at times. It wasn't like, you know, we. I know that, it was tough to hide him in like right field, but at second base, I, I think that you could fairly hide him. And I think people were happy with Cesar Hernandez. And I don't think this is too much of a downgrade from Josh Harrison and at least Cesar Hernandez at the trade deadline. There it is. Uh, you know, <laughs> Cesar Hernandez's performance with the White Sox is a, a different story there. Uh, but Vinny, any final thing we missed from today? Any big news from today? I know yesterday was more of a, a newsy day with a lot of guys showing up, but uh, anything today outside of the Harrison stuff? I mean, the thing that comes to mind, obviously, we talked about Giolito uh, and his physical appearance already. But I think the thing that comes to mind is, you know, Vince Velasquez and Ethan Katz. I think that's going to be an interesting relationship. You saw what Ethan Katz was able to do working with Dylan Cease and Carlos Rodon last year. We talked to Vince Velasquez today and he even brought up Carlos Rodon and, and, and what Ethan Katz was able to do with Carlos Rodon and seeing 
what Rodon did last year was part of the reason that he that he is happy about coming to the White Sox because he's going to get to work with the guy that helped turn Rodon into Rodon. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. Obviously, Vince Velasquez, the hopes are not necessarily high given the results over the past few years. I don't believe that he's going to be called on to play an enormous role, but he is going to be in the bullpen. He's going to be eating innings and he's going to, you know, perhaps need to be called upon in the event of any injuries in the starting rotation. So the, the, the thing to watch is Ethan Katz working with him over this short span. Is he going to turn him into a different guy than Sox fans and, and really everybody would expect given the results of the past few years? And Vinny, are you guys going to speak to Rick Hahn every single day, or is it just when uh, acquisitions become official? Because, hell, I would love Rick to be everyday White Sox spokesman instead of Tony La Russa. Yeah. He's awesome. As, as, as an order. As much as, much, as, much as the, uh, the current week might have a feeling like the winter meetings, we are not scheduled to meet with Rick every day <laughs> like we would be during the winter meetings. Uh, he, in fact, uh, as he was leaving today, he goes, uh, you know, all right, that's enough. Hopefully, hopefully I don't have to talk to you guys tomorrow. And then he paused and goes, well, actually, wait, I do, because, you know, <laughs> that would mean that they would have made it a, another move, another improvement there. So, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's joking about it as well, the, the amount of FaceTime we're getting with the GM. But, uh, yeah, uh, he is not scheduled to talk every day. Uh, he's only talked because of the moves that have become official the last two days. Nick, do you have a sibling named Kip? Because uh, they say, hey, this is my brother. Nice. I don't know who they're talking about unless they're talking about uh, Josh Harrison in, in, the, in the chat there. No, Kip, I, I, I don't know a Kip. Unless, unless okay. that is a, uh, just a bizarre handle that they're going by. Um, <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Well, that's someone's brother. So shout out to Kip. Uh, let's move into some of the reason, you know, this might be a reason to talk to Rick Hahn. Trades are happening all around the league. We see the Mariners being active. We see the Braves being active. Uh, the A's are, are, are giving up people. They, they made a trade with the Mets. They made a trade with the, those A's uh, or those Braves. I'm sorry, getting Matt Olson uh, to the Braves. You got Chris Bassett going to the Mets. The A's are a fire sale. Vinny, you wrote about them before. It seems like the White Sox are connected to Sean Manaya. It seems like they might be even connected to Frankie Montas. Uh, what do you think about the possibility of the Sox and A's getting a deal done here or at least coming together uh, to talk about a deal? Well, certainly they're open for business, right? The A's are open for business, and I think uh, the White Sox, obviously, if they want that an improvement at that position, they're, of course, wise to check in with the team that uh, has some things to offer. So uh, that, that tweet that you're referencing that said that they're interested or talking to, you know, about Sean Manaya and Frankie Montas, perhaps with the A's, makes sense. You know what I mean? I'm sure they, they've looked in. Uh, you know, that being said, I, I, think it would, I think it would cost them. You know what I mean? We saw – Man, what the Braves gave up for for Matt Olson, and then what they paid him uh, after surprising stuff there from from Atlanta, and you know the the return package that uh, that went back to Oakland is probably you know signaling what it might take to pry some of these guys loose. So uh, listen, we've talked uh, we've talked an awful lot about what it would take or what should the White Sox do in terms of improving the starting rotation. I think the uh, the main goal there is if they can improve, they're going to pursue it. That's what we're hearing from Rick Hahn. Uh, the ability for them to put together a package that would land somebody uh, is really the question right now because it might require something from the major league roster. And obviously they think that everybody on the major league roster for the most part is somebody that's going to help them win a championship. So, uh, you know, that, that farm system is not as loaded with guys that they uh, can easily make a uh, return package for. But certainly if you're talking about teams that could, ma could match up, the A's have to be on the list. Yeah, Vinny and Nick, or uh, sorry, uh, Nick and Herb. I'm looking at Vinny as I speak, but I'm going to you guys. Cool. Uh, Alex Rude brings it up in the comments here. The A's 
do need a first baseman now. Gavin Sheets could be used to them. Nick and Herb trying to get Sean Manaya, adding Sean Manaya. Should the Sox do that? We'll start with Nick. I mean, does this team need a left-handed starting pitcher? Obviously, the Sox do have Gavin Sheets, who they might not need. What do you think about swapping Sheets and Manaya here? Would like some balance in the rotation. Um, you know, right now we're, we're right-hand pitching heavy. Um, to get a guy who's a big dude, 6'5", you know, he, he logged a bunch of innings, uh, fairly young. Uh, to bring him in, I think, would be huge. It's just what, what Vinny hit on is do we have the package to put that together? And I think you, you'd have to go look at a guy like Sheets. Like, I don't know how many bats at bats he's going to get uh, – this year with the Sox, the the A's might have a need for him after their recent dealings, and I, you know, I I, I am someone that needs pitching, 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 pitching got us to where we uh, were at last year, um, which and I, you know, ironically, it's kind of where our downfall was maybe slightly in Houston. That's a whole different story, but get more pitching if you can. Um, I think Sheets is, uh, you know, he's a beast, um, but I just don't like. Herb, I don't know how the Sox are going to use him and where you know where they're going to get him his at bats. So if a team could really use him and we can get a, a quality left-handed pitcher in return, I'm all for it. Yeah, as currently constituted, the White Sox would probably have uh, Vaughn and Sheets doing some type of platoon and right slash designated hitter, and then having Adam Engel as the late inning replacement slash spot starter in right field. I think. Yes, Sean Manaya, I think, is a region rat, too. He's from, mm-hmm. like, yep. northwest Indiana. So that would be a nice thing for his family to see in his home games here at Guaranteed Rate. And last year he posted 32 starts and with a 3-7 ERA, I believe. That's not, you know, that's perfect for what we can do. And he gets rid of your guy out of the rotation. <laughs> I know you hate Dallas Keuchel. I know hate's a strong word, but you you get Sean Manaya, right. you could have Dallas Keuchel be the most expensive uh, middle reliever in Major League Baseball, I think a Gavin Sheets, a Adam Engel, maybe a Jake Berger deal, and probably have to spice it up with a little bit more. I don't know what else. Might get it done, but look at the White Sox. They don't have that much. Yeah. Like, that's the problem. Like, if unless the A's like Gavin Sheets and say giving him 500 bats will be like uh, unlocking an all-star, and they believe that in their heart of hearts, I don't know if that's enough for the White Sox to acquire a guy like Sean Manaya. I'm just concerned about if they do give up Sheets and Ingle, then, you know, who the hell's playing right field? Then you're just leaving Andrew Vaughn as the only right fielder there and is and even a right fielder. it forces you to go and get a yeah. major league right fielder. Which, mm. yeah, I mean, we would love to see. Uh, we'd love to see the Sox spend money. I, I know that. Uh, we got to take a quick break. And if you want to spend some money in a different way, you can enjoy CHGO and PointsBet at the same time. You could use the code CHGO when you sign up. When you download the PointsBet app, again, use the code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. In case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sportsbook, easier than ever, so you could start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. 
4700. And we need to talk to you about CHGO. This is where we are broadcasting from our West Loop studios. This is Studio A of CHGO. You can find our website, all CHGO. Dot com. There's premium written content there. You can find all of our dope merch there. And when you become a member, you get a free shirt and access to our members-only Discord. We call it the CHGO Lounge. Right now, we're bringing you our free podcast. We'll have live shows every single day for every single team. And when the season gets started up, we'll have post-game shows for you. So join the fun at allchgo.com. Now, Vinny, I'm going to go to you first, and then we're going to open up the discussion here because I feel like we need to start opening this up. We, we talk about Sean Manaya. I think Ramon Laureano is an interesting name from, from Oakland, too, because I think the White Sox need a bat or an outfielder more. Uh, Tony Kemp was mentioned in your piece. We, we talked about Matt Chapman. Also, let's add the Cincinnati Reds in here, too, because they traded Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez hey, to the Mariners. Yeah, <laughs> Pat Hughes. Uh, <laughs> they traded Suarez and Winker to the Mariners. So it seems like the Reds are also in you know, kind of the, the A's central, uh, also in a fire sale mode here. I just worry if you know they do look to add a Luis Castillo or Tyler Maley, who are, who's connected to the White Sox as well, or even uh, Sean Manaya or Frankie Montas. We talked to, or you talked to Tony Larusa, and he mentioned that they don't want to go to a six-man rotation. So I just have a difficulty figuring out where this pitcher would fit in if they do end up trading for somebody on the market that's currently available, Vinny. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, the, the, I, I, you're right. I mean, I think that's what I've been saying for weeks now is that, yeah, it's certainly possible that the White Sox go out and upgrade the starting rotation with somebody who is, you know, going to make the fans excited and make this rotation much stronger. But there's then other work to do after that. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it is not as easy as just going out, getting a guy and throwing him out there. And there you go, because one of your highest paid players then is probably going to have to be moved. And he's coming off the worst year of his career, and you're going to have to figure out a way to do that. Those guys don't usually get cut, uh, you know. They, and and maybe they would in this situation. We're talking about Dallas Keuchel, um, or maybe Dallas Keuchel is fine, and we and we're talking about somebody else. You know what I mean? Maybe this is Michael Kopech, uh, you know, innings management or workload management. You know, this is what it means to get creative: is to go out and get another guy and and throw him out there in a weird schedule kind of thing who knows uh you know what the plan is i think the plan is that they want to get better if they can and so that's why you can't close the door on any of this kind of stuff happening but people also you know need to get used to the fact or the idea that they've got five guys and those five guys might be the ones to go and that could be just fine so we'll see how it plays out obviously they need to start playing the games before we can figure out how this happens uh but basically the 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 moral of the story here is if they can go get one of those guys and, and they can get it at, at a price where they feel comfortable and they're not giving up too much from their major league roster or their title hopes, then that's great. But then there's another move to make after it. And that might be even harder than making that initial trade. We just have to wait and see. Yeah, I would agree with you, Vinny. Um, I would love to get Luis Castillo, but <laughs> he's a great pitcher. And I don't, we just talked about it. I don't think the White Sox have the capital to go and get him via the trade. So I'm going to pass on that because ah, it's like a pipe dream. If mm -hmm. Rick finds a way and the Reds are like, hey, we're just giving away dudes like we gave away Sonny Gray and A.U. Hanio and Winker, cool, find, find a way. But, yeah, I just want this team to be left no stone unturned. Like, call people. See what people are – 
are available for. Melee could be available for something that maybe you're not thinking. Leave no stone left unturned. Call all these teams because it seems like they're not going to spend money. They have $50 million from the threshold, uh, according to Scott Merkin there, at $180 million for the payroll. Mm-hmm. So 230 is the threshold for before you uh, have to pay the competitive balance uh, tax. So it looks like no one's going to go for these top free agents, and they're waiting for other people to go. So in the interim, we need to acquire players via the trade and whatever means necessary. However we do that is the way you need to do it. I don't know if Rick is creative enough to do that, and he's obviously not getting the purse strings loosened for him because it's much easier just to spend money because they have that. Mm-hmm. Assets is what they don't have. So I just want them to have a solid plan and allow your general manager to do his GD job. I just get so frustrated because we all know Rick can do it. If he's giving the money, you see him put together this championship caliber team. Now, just a little bit more, just a little bit more sprinkling, another ingredient. He needs to shop for the groceries. If you're not giving me any money to do that, it's going to be hard for him to acquire the groceries needed. And Nick, you talked about, me and you have talked about this through the offseason. We talk about like, you know, the trade market, it's tough to work because the Sox don't have, you know, top the top 10 interesting prospects that the Mariners do. Uh, you talk about the White Sox needing to spend premium money on your podcast. We've talked about it back and forth. It just feels like the more and more they wait, the less and less of a free agent pool they'll have to pick from. And it just feels very concerning that we haven't seen any moves yet. And fairly, you know, to fair to Rick Hahn and the entire front office, like we haven't seen many moves. A lot of bats are still unsigned at the moment. But with the trade market that you see shaping up, you're obviously big into starting pitchers. You have the four options, two from uh, Oakland. You have the two from Cincinnati. Um, but premium money, do you think it's out of the the conversation at this point? The Sox spending premium money this, this offseason? I don't think it's out of the conversation. I think the optics of, uh, wait a second, this lockout was 99 days, 100 days long, and we as fans that, you know, in this championship window, you should have had all your ducks in a row. You should have known exactly what you were going to do. Um, how come you just didn't pounce on the right fielder that you wanted? And, and spent the money or, or made the trade happen. Obviously, it, there's a lot of moving parts when you need to figure out a trade. Um, for, for me as a fan, and I know there's others out there, it, it, when you've got a guy in the crosshairs, and this is the right fielder we think, I'm, I'm speaking you know, of a Conforto or a Castellanos, this is the guy we think is going to get us better. It's going to advance us past to where we were last year. Sure, we'll win the division. That's not, that's not where we want to go. Exactly. Okay. We want to we want to advance and we want to get to the World Series. You know, we've got high expectations. I'm not going to platoon in right field. I'm going to spend the money <laughs> for somebody, you know, that has played this position at a higher level before. And, and that's where I get, uh, you know, a little hot and bothered. And I know that, you know, maybe that's, you know, not the right approach. But it, why if not now, when Th- then when when is it going to happen? When Herb? I mean, <laughs> we see the weird-ass Minnesota Twins doing a lot of things. We don't know if they're trying to compete or they're trying to sell off. It looks like they're trying to compete. We already talked about the Detroit Tigers. They're coming. They have young players that are going to be getting better. The pitching staff that's already established, and they start Eduardo Rodriguez. They're coming. So, yeah, they're not just going to allow us to take the AL Central. While the White Sox do have the most uh, talent on the roster, when they start off in, what, April 7th, 
Detroit's going to try to take the White Sox head off, and we're going to be without our emotional and team leader Tim Anderson for the first three games because your guy umpire Tim Timmons mm-hmm. has suspended. Well, MLB suspended him for pushing Tim Timmons. Those games are going to be vital, and the Tigers are going to try to take it to us initially. So, as he says, this is the moment today, right now. There's no better time to spend the money that you have available than today because tomorrow's not promised. Yeah, Vinny, we've, I, I, talking to you has always been, I mean, we've kind of getting to know each other through being coworkers here. So I, I wonder, like, I know that you have a very more level-headed approach than I do about this situation, but do you think it's out of the question still that they're spending money? I mean, just watching the way that free agency has unfolded, obviously Correa is still out there, Conforto, all of these players are still out there. I mean, do you think there's still the possibility or chance that they spend premium money? It sounds like Rick Hahn is at least thinking of improving the team still. Yeah, the possibility is there for sure. I I think what you've got to look at is the White Sox have a history, and we've talked about this on this podcast before, the White Sox have a history recently of spending the money on the guy they want to spend the money on. And if that works out, then they consider that a huge win. They brag constantly about what they were able to do with Yasmani Grandal. Uh, But they... Uh, they, it is obviously come at times too when they go after those guys and they don't get them because other teams are willing to spend more money than they are perhaps when we look back at Manny Machado and the way that that played out. So I don't think it is a lack of willingness to do this. I think it is a desire to do it the way they want to do it, to a, a desire to do it the way that they see it fitting into their plans. And, you know, I think you mentioned to me, uh, you know, earlier today, after the Harrison movie became official and the financials were official, you said, look at all these guys that they've added this year. You add up the money for this year, and it's the exact same amount of money that Marcus Semien is making this year. Well, right. but there's all that money that comes after this year, right? And so, I mean, it, it's about them wanting to spend that money the way they want to spend it. And the thing that I think everybody forgets and not unreasonably, because listen, you're a fan. You want your team to go out and get the best players. That's totally fine. That's what fans are supposed to do. That's what you want your team to do. That's exciting. That's fun. That's baseball. But I think the thing that people need to remember is that the team is pretty good already. And that when you talk about guys, that you, or you talk about them not spending on positions where they should be spending more, they have done that in a way that should be applauded when you talk about Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert and Yoan Moncada, the contracts for those guys, those three players play premium positions. They're getting them at a discount and they are supposed to be guys who are some of the best players in baseball. And obviously they need to play the games to see if they can live up to that potential and make those deals as valuable as they are. So yeah, there's a lot of things going on here. They've got a good roster. They've got a, they've got an arguably a great roster. If everybody stays healthy, uh, they, they could definitely improve. There is no doubt about that. It would be equally unreasonable to suggest that they're just done and they should sail through and there's nothing else they could do to get any better. Um, but that being said, there are, uh, as Nick mentioned, a lot of moving parts when it comes to trades. There's a lot of moving parts when it comes to a free agent market too. And the, the agents couldn't talk to the teams during the lockout. The agents want to see how many teams out there their guys can go get. The teams want to see how many other teams are going to be in this bidding war for for them so there's a lot going on those guys are going to get jobs certainly you could you can make the argument that the shortened spring is going to turn into this thing we remember when dallas keichel and craig kimbrell were who are now you know <laughs> ironically both white Sox, uh you know were were lasting uh deep into the season when their free agency was not resolved until the middle of the year maybe that's going to happen again with the way things are in these unusual circumstances right now but uh you know rick Hahn always says wait until the end of the offseason to make your judgments of what he does 
does in an offseason. And I think that still applies, even though we're in spring training. This is weird this season, obviously. I think that still applies. And come opening day, if you're still not satisfied with what's going on in right field or you're still not satisfied with what's going on in the starting rotation, then we can go and say, why didn't he do this, this, and this? But until those things are resolved, you have to do what you just said and say, is the possibility still there? Yeah, of course the possibility is still there. I'm going to bring – oh, you go ahead. Sorry, go. Um, to speak to Vinny's point, think about the White Sox and Rick Hahn. They probably have ultimate confidence in their people. Like they've seen the jump from single A to the major leagues from Andrew Vaughn. And while the numbers don't look startlingly great, that's a huge jump from him to jump from those type of levels to the majors and look like a major league baseball player the whole time. They're like, okay, if he did that – this is freshman to sophomore season, he's going to shoot the, for the moon. Same thing for Gavin Cheats. Maybe they're thinking, okay, yeah, these guys are available, but we can get production from our guys at a much cheaper cost. And Vinny says they want to do it their way, and Jerry Reinsdorf is rigid. He's known for doing things his way, and he's got a championship. He's got skins in the wall. So, yes, we're frustrated as Sox fans, but they can also look at – 2020 and 2021 is like we went to the playoffs guys trust us calm down we got these mm-hmm. don't even trip you go you don't have faith in us after we gone to the playoffs twice in the first time ever gone consecutive to the playoffs come on now give us some time we got these so that's what i'm thinking the white Sox. they have ultimate confidence in the guys they have in the lineup already and they're just going to hold tight and if somebody comes to their price cool if not we'll roll with these and Nick, as a fan, uh, hearing Vinny and Herb, they mentioned Jerry and Rick. They have their process. The White Sox have their process. They want to do it their way. As a fan, uh, having a fan-centric podcast, is it an annoying process to go through as a fan? I mean, what what do you, how do you react when you see like Colorado's in on Chris Bryant, and you see all these big bats linked to certain teams? Schwarber's in and with Toronto, where we really don't see that. The Sox connected to free agent uh, in the rumor mill. They, they like to work in the dark, per se. How is that as a fan? Do you like that? Is it annoying? What's up? Well, I, I think as a, you know, talking to other Sox fans for, for decades and myself, uh, I, you know, Jerry's way can can be annoying. It's like you, you can't always do it your way. You've got to play the game. And sometimes it just feels like going back to the Machado thing, it's like, okay, yeah, maybe the Sox had a better – a more attractive, you know, um, you know, plan in place uh, financially for Machado, but that's not the game. That wasn't Machado's game. Machado's camp told the White Sox this is how it's going to go, but Jerry wanted to do it Jerry's way, and you know, I get it. He's got the championships. He's a businessman. I can't argue, but as a fan, it's like you you can't always just be held to your to your way, um, you know. But I I we laugh at Hans comments sometimes, but. You know, Vinny mentioned it, and he's right. You know, the, the spring training's not over. We'll, we'll see where this team is at, and we'll analyze this team. Is this better? Is this team right now uh, better going into 2022 than they were in 2021? And I, and I still know there, there are things that can happen throughout the season, but to the original point, like, it's, it's maddening for me as a fan. You know, I, I, I get it. He wants to do it his way, but – Sometimes you got to be flexible. Well, and going back to how you started your podcast, like the reason why you were so upset was it was rumored, hey, we might get Harper. Hey, we might get Machado. We end up getting John Jay and Yonder Alonso. 
So, <laughs> you know, like that's that's my Here concern. Is if, you, if you wait to the end of spring training, we might even be more upset than we are right now. I guess that's where I think. Yeah, I love it. I, the, the joke about having a seat at the table, that's that's fun and all. But I'm tired of being at the table as Sox fans. We're, we're you know, like, let's 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 get a guy. If you want a guy, go and get him. Maybe you overpay a little bit. I know that's not smart business, but that shows fans that are ready to start buying more tickets and merchandise, like you went out and you got aggressive and you got your guy. As Vinny said, they did that with Yasmani Grandal. They jumped the market mid-November, got their guy. Nobody, I don't know any White Sox fan that was thinking they were going to get Yasmani, firstly because they already had James McCann, and secondly because they were ever going to be in those type of waters, and they gave him the highest contract in White Sox history. So I wish... That type of thought process was still in the uh, atmosphere over there at 35th and Shields now in Glendale, Arizona. Yeah, well, now knowing the Sox, the way they work, too, is like they like to be early. They like to be early with extensions. They like to be early with free agency. They were quick to act on Hendricks. They were quick to act on Keuchel. They were quick to act on Grandal. So my worry is that they just don't have a guy. They're not quick to act on him because they don't have a guy to act on. I guess that's my worry, but again... We'll see you the end of spring training. I'm going to bring our fifth member of the podcast here on the CHGO White Sox podcast. Uh, use promo code CHGO to get uh, uh, two risk-free bets up to $2,000 on points bet. Uh, Lawrence, I gave some graphic requests. I don't know which ones we have. Uh, which which ones we got? I got the uh, payroll one here. Let me. Okay, yeah. Let's up bring up the him. payroll, Vinny. Uh, you kind of mentioned this, uh, but it was more to the uh, Graveman thing. Kendall Graveman's worth eight million dollars. Vince Velasquez three million dollars. Joe Kelly eight point five. Josh Harrison five point five. That's a total of twenty five million dollars this year. Marcus Simeon twenty five million dollars uh, AAV this year. So that was what you were alluding to a little bit earlier. But looking at the positional breakdown, you see that. A lot of chunk, that blue chunk is the infield that you were talking about, Vinny. The Abreu, the Moncada, the Anderson, the Grandal signing. And then the second biggest piece there is the reliever chunk at 27% of their payroll is being sent, uh, spent on the relievers. And thank you, Josh Nelson, for putting this uh, graphic together. And he'll be joining us on Thursday, right? Yes, he'll be joining us on Thursday. Shakia Taylor tomorrow and then the guys from the 108 uh, on Friday. But Vinny, when you look at this, I mean... Do you expect this to change? Because I, I don't. I don't know if Nick does. I don't know if Herb does. We'll start with Vinny. I mean, do you expect that to be the payroll? I mean, $180 million, the fifth highest payroll in the MLB right now. I guess I keep asking you kind of the same different questions. Like, are they going to add? Are they going to add? Um, but it, it is concerning just seeing 27%, the second highest positional breakdown, being spent on relievers when you see the Rays just churning around 30 arms. Yeah, I mean, I think first point is everyone's not the Rays. The Rays are the Rays for a reason. Uh, but the second point I would make would be um, that the the White Sox, you brought this up the other day, and then after the show, this this came to me. You said, you know, why are they spending on a, a catcher when you can just have a catcher? Why are they spending big on a closer when you can just have a closer? Well, those two players are really good. I mean, they spent money. They spent money on Yasmani Grandal, and he might have been the best offensive player on the team last year. True. You can make mm-hmm. that argument. They spent money on Liam Hendricks, and he was the best closer in baseball. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't understand why that's a bad thing. And I get, I get the point that you're making, and that's fine. But I would just counter again with what I said that day and what I just said earlier is that they've got savings uh, on those premium positions, team-friendly deals for 
uh, Jimenez, Robert, uh, uh, Moncada, and Anderson. And those guys are all all-star caliber players. Uh, I mean, you've, you've got a guy at first base in Jose Abreu and then catcher uh, Yasmani Grandal that is making up the vast majority of that infield number. Obviously, Moncada's salary continues to go up uh, as that contract goes along. But uh, spending on the bullpen, I, I don't see as a problem. The bullpen is important. The bullpen is something that uh, as playoff runs go along gets even more and more important and the guys they've gotten are guys to be excited about Hendricks uh uh Joe Kelly who we talked about at length yesterday and Kendall Graveman these guys are accomplished Greg Kimbrell obviously makes up a big chunk of that number uh, that number two with the 16 million dollar salary uh and he's very accomplished who knows if he's going to end up staying on this roster but to spend that money on the bullpen, I, I'm not seeing that as a huge negative. I get the point that everybody's making, and that's fine. Um, I think if to, to answer your question, should we expect that to change? You know, I, I think reading the tea leaves from what Rick said today, I, I think they're trying to get a right fielder, right? I mean, I think that they okay. want to get a right fielder because, you know, the, the more and more I think about it, uh, yeah, I, I think that Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets are great, but if you got Andrew Vaughn in right field, Gavin Sheets needs to be your DH. I mean, you guys were talking about, you guys were talking about trading sheets to the A's earlier and yeah, he'd probably be, you know, one of those candidates to be dealt if needed, but right now they don't have a DH besides those two guys either. So, you know, uh, if you're trading Gavin Sheets for Sean Mania, who's DH it, you know, germination. Come on now. uh, (laughs) I'm I'm not forgetting the germination. Vinny, before uh, before we let you go, because there's a part that I want to uh, leave off here. Before we let you go, uh, what can members of All CHGO expect from you on uh, day two, writing wise? What are you looking to write up? Yeah, I'll be writing about this second base situation. A lot of stuff that we've talked about with Josh Harrison about how he's a great fit for the team, but we got to see whether he's a great fit on the stat sheet. Uh, but it seems like Rick Hahn is done uh, at second base. So we've been talking about second base all winter long. The second base work is done. This is what they got. So we're going to take a look at that as well as uh, swole Lucas Giolito. Awesome stuff from Vinny Duber. You can follow him in Arizona at Vinny Duber and also check out, if you are a member of CHGO and you can become a member at allchgo.com, you can check out all of his great written work at allchgo. Thank you, Vinny, for your great work. And guys, Vinny mentioned real quick, we got about two minutes left. Okay. Uh, he mentions that Rick Hahn seems to be, you know, they might add a right fielder is what what, what Vinny said. Uh, they, they, you know, seems like they're done at second base. Right field is now the target. Yes or no? Are they going to get somebody? If so, yes. Uh, or if so, who? Uh, if they're going to get somebody in right field, who are they going to get? Herb will go to you first. Uh, if you're expecting anybody for the Sox in right field, who do you think it will be? I think Michael Conforto works out well for the White Sox. Lefty bat came off a tough year last year, so Mike, you know, savings on that side of the uh, deal. Relatively young, gets on base a ton, and uh, if he profiles to the power he had before the pandemic. It'll be a steal, absolute steal. So, yes, a guy like Michael Conforto, after all the bigger names go off the board, like Chris Bryant and the Castellanos, and then Michael Conforto is not a bad consolation prize to have in right field. We're going to be set, and that guy's probably going to be hitting sixth or seventh in this lineup, which is bonkers. Do you expect a right fielder, Nick? And if so, who? Yeah, I'm at a point now as a fan uh, living through at least these last five, six years where I'm trying to will it to happen. Uh, (laughs) I I, I was manifesting it on a stone, so I get it. I I think it's going to happen. I think it doesn't, it's, if it doesn't happen, it just, there's got to be some, some reason that we're not thinking about that'll come out maybe down the road. I I go with Herb. 
Conforto makes too much sense, especially, you know, in this lineup, what he brings. And, boy, uh, it, this fan base is going to just explode if that really happens. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, if Rick Hahn does get Michael Conforto, Kyle Schwarber, Chris Bryant, uh, Nicholas Castellanos, this fan base will absolutely uh, explode. Thank you to Vinny for joining us again. Follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter, at Ecknerwall23. And we got to thank our most very, you know, our very, very special guest, Nick Morowski of Good Guys Talk Back. You can follow him on Twitter, at Nick underscore GGTB. Did you have a good time, Nick? Had a blast. This is... Glad I mean, to have you, man. Boy, uh, this, is, this is so great. Thank you. And you can have a blast. If you're in Blue Island, check out the Rock Island Public House on March 24th. The Good Guys Talk Back having a trivia event out there at 13328 Old Western Ave. Uh, very fun time. Should be great seeing Pat and Nick. I'll be down there uh, hopefully on March 24th. So thank you, Nick, for coming down and joining us. Thank you for Vinny for joining us out in Arizona. Herb, thank you as always for your, your, your presence. You're welcome. Oh, you're, you, you brighten up my that day every day. That was the hardest thing. <laughs> Vinny, easy. Yes. Nick, easy. Me, takes a long time for me to get here. It look like this. Look at that. Yes, it takes, it takes a long time for you to get ready in the morning. Uh, and shout out to our producers. Uh, we got Lawrence behind the camera. We got Steven behind the camera. Uh, so shout out to them and, and for all their great help. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow CHGO Sports on Twitter at CHGO underscore Sports and CHGO White Sox at CHGO underscore White Sox. This is the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Use code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. We'll talk to you tomorrow about the new White Sox right fielder, Michael Conforto, right?